You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Monday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. This is our Monday show, and your New York Giants face the uh, Green Bay Packers on Monday night. And here to to help me break the game down is Justice Mosqueda of SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. Justice, thank you uh, for a few minutes. Absolutely. And uh, Giants fans, before we get into the show too much, please remember to like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe across the Big Blue View Radio Network. All right, Justice, the, uh, the 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 question of the day, the thing we've got to talk about is what on God's green earth has gotten into Jordan Love? <laughs> he has been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the last five or so weeks in the NFL. Um, Packers fans are very excited. I mean, the the comparisons between the first half of the season statistics and the past couple weeks, um, is it all because of Jordan Love just taking this incredible step forward? It's really everything around him. The offensive line was really shaky to start the season um, in terms of pass protection and stuff after probably the first two weeks. Um, and the wide receivers, I mean, I don't think there's been a younger group of pass catchers in NFL history than what the Packers are working with right now. So there were a lot of blown routes um, early on in the season. And now that everything is kind of settled down, Jordan Love has played pretty decently. And, you know, in back-to-back games against high-quality competition against the Lions and the Chiefs now. Is there something in the water in Wisconsin that just doesn't allow you guys to have bad quarterbacks? I mean, I actually, I don't know if you saw it at Big Blue View, but I stole part of the Jordan Love piece that you did uh, the the other day uh, to use in a uh, in a piece that I did about Love and and perhaps the future of uh, of the quarterback position for the Giants as well. But what is there in the water from Favre to Rodgers to Love? I mean, we're talking 30 years of top-tier quarterback play, and if Jordan Love keeps doing this, it might be 40. That's that's just not (laughs) fair. Um, The way that they explain it, right, Uh, General Manager Brian Gutekunst spoke about this situation before, and his whole thing is like, you know, the worst time to draft a quarterback is when you need one, and you do whatever it takes to get that position right in the NFL. Um, So if that means... Drafting Jordan Love in the first round, letting him sit for three years and pissing off Aaron Rodgers at the end, the team is willing to make those sacrifices, right? Um, If that means uh, Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter, you draft Brian Brom in the second round and that second round pick never ends up becoming anything, that's just the cost of business to them. And I kind of think that that's how they sort of view that situation. The other thing, too, is, you know, there were opportunities for the team to – 
you know, tell Aaron Rodgers to go kick rocks and they were going to roll with Jordan Love, right? Um, at different mm-hmm. points. And they waited until he was ready, right? It, it didn't seem like Jordan Love was ready to really even become a, a mid-level starter, right? Until probably last training camp. And that's when everyone kind of like realized like, okay, lo- Love is ready. And We'll see what Rodgers does from here forward. But, like, one of them is going to have to get moved the next season. Um, I I think that was part of the calculus, too. It is an interesting, old-fashioned, old-school NFL philosophy. And I like it. But, unfortunately, the way the NFL is now, you know, instant gratification league, so much turnover, at the the head coach positions and the GM positions and and so much money involved in in these situations. Yeah. Not a lot of teams are able to do that, but the Packers, you know, historic franchise, the the amount of stability that they've had and the fact that that they they continuously have some modicum of success. It's not a Super Bowl every year, but they're always around the playoff hunt, in the playoffs. I don't know about you, but I think that enables them to do things like that, to do the patient thing, to do the long-term thing, where a lot of franchises like the Giants who've had, you know, who've changed coaches every two years since Tom Coughlin left in 2015. They're on their third general manager since Coughlin left. You can't have that sort of forward thinking and i think that that's a real benefit for the packers yeah i mean and maybe some of that comes back down to you know the owner and stuff like that you know that's something that people have brought up a lot right where you know we're looking at uh carolina situation specifically right and dave tepper and all the stuff that's coming out there about how he's sort of uh meddling with the franchise right and packers Mm -hmm. fans are looking at that right now and are like thank god there isn't some billionaire running my football team that can just have have his decision on like what footwork uh you know means oh God, and, yes. and matters you know just watching practice and stuff um yeah so yeah I, I i think that all comes into it um they certainly are a patient franchise the other thing that helps too i think is you know when they drafted love it's not like everyone was on the hot seat which is kind of what i think a lot of teams do um you know, there's only 32 jobs and people are willing to make decisions that will extend their career with a team, even if it's only by one more year. And one of those ways that you can play office politics is by handcuffing yourself to a young quarterback. So, I, you know, a lot a lot of guys in the NFL, even if they don't think that uh, they'll be able to see through the quarterback development, right, see through that whole process, um, they'll pull the trigger on that selection just because hey, gets me an extra year or two with this million-dollar salary, and there's only 32 of these jobs in the NFL anyway. So, And it's funny that you bring that up because the Giants find themselves in that quarterback situation. Daniel Jones, really good last year, really bad this year. Only one more year of guaranteed money on that four-year contract that the Giants signed him to out for the rest of the season with an ACL injury, had a second neck injury of his career that cost him time this year. 
the Giants are going to be in the top 10 in the draft somewhere, and they may not have a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May, but if Jaden Daniels is QB3 or J.J. McCarthy's QB3 or whoever, they might have a shot at that guy. And, and you're right. You know, I've said it. Brian Dable, Joe Shane will be back for year three next year. I'm, I, I have no doubt about that. But drafting a quarterback, which might be the right thing for them to do, you know, just for the good of the franchise, might also be a situation that extends the rope that they get in terms of developing that guy. Because we talk about patience. One of the worst things you can do is what David Tepper and the Panthers just did. Yeah. And what the Chicago Bears did to Justin Fields. You draft the guy and then you fire everybody who was involved in drafting that guy. And you start over with, with a group that, that didn't draft that guy and is not invested in him. So uh, you're right. It can, it can lead to, you know, to a coach, sometimes to a GM, you're getting extra time in the job. Yeah. And even if you get the pick, right. Um, there are things that can go wrong when you have that carousel, right? Like uh, think about like Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert's an extremely talented quarterback. No one can figure out, Whenever, you know, these quarterback rankings drop or anything, fans come in the mentions and are like, well, why isn't he winning more ball games? It's like, because he's had a different offensive coordinator every single season. Like, once you start that merry-go-round, um, it's it's hard to get that thing stopped. So, if you're going to, you know, if, if you're going to fire a guy, you better make sure it was a, the right decision. And that's kind of what I'm worried about in Carolina specifically because, you know, they had probably the most expensive – coaching staff in the history of the NFL with the all-star <laughs> crew that they put under Frank Reich and they just pulled the plug after one after a half a season really yeah it's it's what's going on in Carolina is crazy and in in terms of Justin Herbert I mean Justin Herbert's head coach is Brandon Staley <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. you know I I think that that's a big part of your answer right there but hey let's let's get back to talking about the Giants and the Packers and I know how young the Giants roster is. Uh, I look at one of the guys that I follow on uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter occasionally posts snap-weighted age rankings. And the Giants are the second youngest team in the league based on how many snaps you know these young guys are playing. The team that's the youngest is the Green Bay Packers. So aside from Jordan Love, I mean, how how are the Packers doing what they're doing, you know, w- with such a young roster? And and who are some of these guys that that have been really, you know, home run young picks for the Packers over the last couple of years? Yeah. So starting how they're doing it, um, <laughs> this rookie class has really made a huge impact for Green Bay. Um, even if you're looking at like late round picks. I mean, Carrington Valentine is a seventh rounder who's starting at cornerback pretty consistently at this point because of the trade of Russell Douglas, because uh, Eric Stokes has been on the injured reserve because Jair Alexander has been hurt. So he's been in the lineup. Um, Anthony Johnson Jr., who I believe was a seventh round pick, might've been a sixth round pick rookie um, is also starting at safety. Um, Carl Brooks, was a six round pick. He's in the, he's probably the fourth interior defensive lineman in their three, four setup. 
Um, and then Dettavian Wicks was a fifth round pick and he's getting a, you know, he's like the fourth wide receiver in the rotation. So a lot of these late round guys who are rookies are even getting opportunities just because Green Bay really had no other choice than to go young this year. I mean, getting out of the Aaron Rodgers contract kind of put them in that position. Um, they had to let go guys like Adrian Amos and stuff like that um, just to create some cap space to be able to even push Aaron Jones's contract <laughs> forward. Jones has been hurt. Bakhtiari's been hurt at left tackle, um, which has created a situation where Rashid Walker, who, you know, second round or second year late round pick um, is now starting at left tackle. So those are kind of the guys that have stepped up in a big way and have kind of impacted those numbers. As far as who are their like really good young guys, um, Musgrave's on IR right now because he lacerated his kidney. Um, Ouch. It, yeah, that that stinks. He also didn't leave the game. He played, finished the game, didn't realize till the night of, which definitely means he peed blood and was like, uh-oh, got to go to the hospital. Um, recently, Tucker Craft, the other tight end that they drafted in the draft, um, has looked really good. At wide receiver, I already mentioned Wicks, but the other guy is uh, Jaden Reed, who mostly plays in the slot, but is very good there and is um, arguably their their best wide receiver right now. So those are the skill guys I would pay attention to. You know, it's just interesting, and it points to something that I say a lot when it comes to the draft. It's not just about the first round. No. You... You have to hit, you know, you have to get good players in the second and third round. And if and if you're going to be good, you know, long term, you have to hit on some of these day three guys. I will never say a day three guy is a bust because that's ridiculous. I mean, people will say, oh, he wasn't a good player. They drafted him in the seventh round and they cut him after a year. That's a bust. That's a wasted pick. And that's nonsense because all of those guys on day three are flyers. They're all flawed players, but you have to hit on some of those guys. You have to get production out of some of those guys. And the Giants have a guy named Trey Hawkins, cornerback that they drafted in the sixth round. And I think they hoped he would be one of those kind of late round success stories. He started at corner at the beginning of the year, and it just didn't work. I mean, he it may work eventually, but initially it just didn't work. So yeah, so so some of those guys that the Packers are using and getting production from are those are those those day three type players, right? Yeah, for sure, especially on especially on the defense, right? Um, that's where you're seeing Johnson Jr. That's where you're seeing Carrington Valentine, who uh, I assume is going to be starting this game um, because Jair has been out of the lineup for about five weeks um, with various injuries. He had a back, then he had a shoulder. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to go in this game or not, but the cornerback opposite of him usually would be Eric Stokes, and he's still on the injured reserve. Um, he might get called up by the time the game, the you know, the game kicks off, um, but I highly doubt that they would just throw him into the fire and let him be a starter after he's basically played no defensive snaps over the last full calendar year. Um, so Val- Valentine's going to get the start. You guys might. Um, see a little bit of Carl Brooks, um, really hot, really cold. Like he's kind of, um, his, his stuff kind of comes in stretches where you watch him for a little bit and you're like, oh my God, this guy is going to be like a starter in the NFL. And then he doesn't do anything for a couple games. He's, he's the next guy up 
off the bench for the defensive line. So he's really involved in that rotation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Justice, I, I have to ask. I'm a big Corey Ballantyne fan, all right? Giants drafted him in the sixth round. I know his story, you know, the whole thing about getting, you know, getting shot the night of the, the night he went out to celebrate being drafted, losing one of it, losing his best friend in that, in that shooting. For whatever reason, the Giants let him go after, you know, I think, the beginning of his second season, somewhere around there, bounced around a little bit, seems to be finding some success in Green Bay. I'm a big fan. I love to see the fact that he's that he's getting an opportunity. But you got to come clean. That was pass interference all <laughs> day long the other night against Kansas City. Come on. You got to come clean. That was pass interference it was pass all interference. day long. It was pass interference. They're, they're never going to call it on the Hail Mary. So I'm okay with that one not being called. But uh, the MVS play, hilarious. <laughs> I I cannot believe that didn't get called. That was absolutely a makeup call for the uh, the phantom uh, unnecessary roughness on Patrick Mahomes or uh, missing the forward progress on MVS earlier that drive. But it looks incredibly goofy <laughs> that they did not throw that flag. Yeah, yeah. I I just I I, I had to put it out there and and, and see if you'd come clean. <laughs> oh hey, I I got eyes. We all saw it. 
<laughs> I'm not going to lie about that one. But but you're not going to give it back either. And yeah. You, you know, no. of course. Hell no. It's uh, no. And, and uh, you know, those things, it, it's NFL officiating and, and, and what goes around comes around and those things always wind up it, in some way, shape or form. They always wind up going both ways at some point. Yep. Hey, the refs said that uh, they made all the right decisions after the game. So in the in the uh, little press pool. So, mm-hmm. of course they said. <laughs> of course that's what they said. <laughs> I don't understand why we even have those pools if they're just going to stand by their calls every single time. I don't get. It. I don't know. Well, the the theory is good, but but you know we hardly ever get honest answers from coaches. So. We're not going to get a heck of a lot from from officials either. I wonder what's going to happen with officiating long term. I mean, there's so much money involved in the game now, and so much betting, and the league is so in, is yeah. is involved in in the the betting aspect now, and it just makes me wonder what's going to happen with officiating long term. Yeah, I don't I don't know, and I know people have said, you know, make them full timers. Outside of the NFL season, there's not really reps that you can get, right? So, I mean, are we just paying more for the same stuff? Or, I don't know, maybe no. make them full-time and send them to the spring leagues, I guess? or Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I know the spring practices I, for college football or something. I don't know. I know that a lot of times in the spring and the summer, like if I go to Giants practices in the spring or go to training camp practices, there's officials there. Yeah. But I don't think they're – the actual NFL officials. I think they're a lot of times, I think they're like local college officials or local high school officials. And, you know, maybe they could, you know, maybe they could bring those guys in there sometimes and, you know, get them reps or whatever, but, uh, or maybe they could just make the rules a little simpler, (laughs) a little bit, but uh, yeah, but I don't know the NFL, the NFL has the, the most convoluted rule book on the planet. I have my, one of my sons used to referee soccer and there's like, there's like six rules. There's like six <laughs> rules to referee in soccer. It's like no hand goes out of bounds, no <laughs> hand. And if you kill the other guy, it's a penalty. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's about it. In the NFL, there's a convoluted rule for everything. Anyway, justice, we have to make a prediction here. We, uh, this part of the show is sponsored by SB Nation partner DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or, hope, or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling responsible gaming resources that is a mouthful <laughs> but it, it it leads us to uh, to prediction time and I'm going to be honest I'm going to go first here and I'm just going to say there, there's not a chance that I can 
justifiably, reasonably pick the Giants to win this game. Giants have won two in a row. Tommy DeVito's a great story. All that, you know, guys are naming sandwiches after the guy, and everybody wants a piece of the guy because he's such a great story. Local high school kid out of New Jersey suddenly, you know, out of nowhere becomes the Giants quarterback. But the Giants are four and eight. Green Bay has a lot to play for. I can't pick the Giants to win this game. Um, I don't know if anybody on my staff is actually doing it. I'm sure that I'm sure that that one or two folks are are homerish enough to pick the Giants to win this game, but uh, but I I can't do it. I think some of the uh, the Tommy DeVito mania might come to an end on Monday night, but. I want to ask for your pick, and I want to ask you also if there is to be a Giants upset, if there is a path for the Giants to win this game, what is it? So I am going to pick the Packers, um, unsurprisingly. Of Um, course. If the Giants win, I think you start seeing some of those inconsistencies that the Packers had early on in the season show back up, right? You, you, if you watch, you know, Jordan love double clutch a ball and there's two guys in the same spot and you're like, what, why, how, how is the spacing in the offense? That doesn't make sense. It's because, you know, someone blew a route or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it would have to be something like that. Or, um, the offensive line just getting like manhandled in terms of the protection game. So like, I don't know, Dexter going, you know, doing really well or cave Thibodeau or something like that. Right. Um, right. On the other side, the thing that really kills Green Bay is if you could go inside run on them, um, just the structure of the defense, that's like the thing that they're willing to concede. They'll play the edges pretty tough. Um, They'll play split high safeties, play the corners off, and just, you know, make you earn it in in terms of the passing game. But if you want to do the Pittsburgh Steelers thing where, you know, you want to rack up 200 yards because you have Kenny Pickett at quarterback – um, they'll just kind of let you do it. And, uh, you know, if that happens, yeah, look out green Bay, like <laughs> they, they don't really adjust from there. Like that's always kind of been the thing with, uh, Joe Barry. The, the question I have is, so I know DeVito is going to start, right. And I know, uh, Tyrod seemed to feel some type of way about that. Is there any chance DeVito gets benched in this game for Tyrod. Do you think that's on the table at all, depending on how he looks? I know he's statistically had a pretty good, you know, performance the past two games. I know he has like a passer rating of 100, but then you look at the QBR and the QBR for his entire season is something like 11 on like a 100 point scale. So is a lot of that production not as impressive as the actual, uh, you know, what you guys are seeing with your eyes? Well, it's interesting. I don't know if it's on the table Monday night. Okay. I don't know if yanking him out of the lineup on Monday night is on the table. I think Tyrod Taylor has a lot of support in the Giants locker room. It was interesting because we had a Zoom call with some of the players the other day, and we got a chance to talk to Andrew Thomas and Darius Slayton, and neither one of those guys was going to say, I want DeVito to start or I want Taylor to start. But when we asked them about the quarterback situation, the first thing both of them mentioned is the fact that Tyrod Taylor's a 13-year veteran. 
Yeah. He's much more advanced in his knowledge of, you know, of NFL defenses and situations, and he's seen a whole lot more than Tommy DeVito. I think the Giants will play hard for either guy, but I do think there's a lot of players in that locker room who, who I mean, if you injected them with truth serum, they might tell you that they think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback. Yeah. Because at this point he probably is, but it's understandable that you that you go with Tommy DeVito after the last two weeks. After you know you're two and eight, this kid comes out of nowhere. You may not have played great football, but he's been a lot of fun. He's brought a lot of energy. You've won two football games. You're at home on Monday Night Football, and and it's understandable, I think, that they stay with DeVito. But I certainly think that at some point in time if 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 it starts to go sideways i certainly think tyrod taylor could be brought back into into the lineup i don't know if that happens on uh, on monday night but but i wouldn't be surprised if tyrod taylor gets to play some football for the giants this year the thing about tommy devito for me Tommy DeVito, as I said, has played with a lot of energy. He has made a lot of good throws. He has been very good when he's been able to hit his back foot when the play that the Giants designed has been there, when the first read has been there, when, you know, when Jalen Hyatt beats his man down the field or you know, whatever the first read is, whatever the, the first option on the play that the Giants call is there. He's been able to deliver that ball. Where it's gone sideways for DeVito is when that first read isn't there, I'm not sure that he knows what to do because he, he's taken a lot of sacks, he's taken a lot of hits. And, and the Giants' offensive line over the last few weeks it's been bad most of the year, and everybody knows it's been bad, but it hasn't been as bad the last few weeks, I think, as some of the numbers might make it look. Because I think that some of what's happening is Tommy DeVito not getting rid of the football, Tommy DeVito not knowing what to do if his first read is covered, you know, sort of just standing in the pocket and, and not knowing where to go or not getting rid of the ball. So, so for me, there's pluses and minuses. I'm interested. I think it's a great question. I think it's a I think it's a tough spot for Brian Dable too because you don't want to you don't want to uh, you don't want to lose the locker room either. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Despite the the Giants' last two wins, from a Green Bay perspective, would you rather see Devito or would you rather see Taylor? I think I'd rather see Devito. Um, I think I'd worry a little bit more about Taylor just because of, you know, what you mentioned, the, the veteran presence, all that stuff and how much he's seen and all that. So I, I, I've just seen what, I mean, Taylor has something like 55 starts at the NFL level. DeVito's got like five and he mm -hmm. played, you know, poorly in the first two. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I definitely would rather see DeVito than, than a veteran under center. That's why I was I asking because it, it yeah. seemed odd to me that they decided to continue with DeVito. And maybe that's because, you know, Tyrod just came back from the ribs injury or whatever. Um, well, I understand, you know, wanting him to get, you know, ramped up 
to to get ready to get hit again right or something like that um but my whole question was really just based in like okay so they're obviously riding with a hot hand right now right mm -hmm. but what happens yep. when that hand is no longer hot like it what, what if I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Right, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go back to Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, you know Tyrod's story in the yeah. NFL. He's, he's, he's been replaced a number of times, and some of those situations were not fair to him. I think this is another one. The only thing Tyrod Taylor did wrong for the New York Giants this year is break four ribs. Right, That's the only <laughs> thing he did wrong is break four ribs trying to help them beat the New York Jets, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So so I, I feel bad for the guy. I do think there's a possibility the Giants would go back to Tyrod Taylor at some point. We'll have to see how it goes. You know, here in here in the New York, New Jersey area, we always we compare this whole thing going on with Tommy DeVito to what happened with Jeremy Lin of the Knicks a few years ago. The whole thing that we called Lin Sanity when he sort of came out of nowhere and that wave eventually ends. I think maybe the giants are looking at it and trying to say, well, we can we use this guy as our QB two next year? Can we use this yeah. guy, you know, as maybe that's what they're doing is seeing, seeing if this is real, you know, and, and maybe just riding it as long as it lasts. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, anyway, I do think the, uh, I do think the Giants are in for a little bit of a rude awakening on Monday night. Besides, I don't know, it might have been 20 or 30 years ago the last time the Giants played a good game on Monday Night Football on national TV. They've, they they seem to have gotten embarrassed every time they've played on national TV this year. So so uh, I'm not sure Giants fans are happy to see them on Monday Night Football, but uh, but we'll see how the game goes. Anyway, Justice, I appreciate it, folks. Check out Acme Packing Company if you want the uh, the Packers' perspective on uh, on Monday night's proceedings. So, uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.